Hello there, welcome back to the podcast. Now, I'm going to try and keep this brief because we've got quite a long episode today. Before we get stuck in, I want to tell you about Vocation Cancun. This is a conference that we are holding in the Caribbean in February. So if you're like me and you're in the northeast of the US or you're somewhere else that's particularly gloomy and cold and miserable and wet and windy at that time of the year, (laughs) this couldn't be more perfect really because we're going to be sipping cocktails on the beach, we're going to be talking about voiceover, hang out by the pool, go to classes of course and panels and then network with your fellow attendees and enjoy everything that Moon Palace Cancun has to offer, which is an all-inclusive resort. Tickets are on sale now, and they are going. So if you want to come, definitely get the ball rolling soon. And the way to do that is to go to vocationconference.com. Now, a little bit about how it works. You buy your conference tickets, and the links are on the website, vocationconference.com. Then you get a link to purchase your hotel room. So you go through that link, you purchase your hotel room, and they'll give you a code and you enter that code into a form that we have. So then we know that you've bought your ticket and you've paid for your hotel room. Now, like I say, it's all inclusive. So that once you've got your conference ticket in your hotel room, that's it. All food, all drinks, the bar, the restaurants, the mini bar in your room, room service, all the facilities, everything is included. And it doesn't actually equate to being much more expensive than a regular conference, to be honest, once you consider all that stuff in. So if you want to come, go to vocationconference.com and get your tickets. Like I say, try and get them ASAP if you're interested. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Link's on the website. And um, also join our Facebook group, Vocation Voiceover, because we post a lot of information in there first. Join our mailing list as well. But that's usually the most interactive place. We've built a nice community there. And outside of the conference, if you have questions about voiceover, pose them there and we'll do our best to answer. And if Karen and I can't, other people who are expert in their area, in that area, will respond and get back to you. So I'm really happy with this community. It's really growing and becoming super positive and uplifting. We don't tolerate any crap. (laughs) No bad attitudes, no bullying, no patronizing nothing. (laughs) So if you want to join a sort of welcoming community to talk about voiceover and things tangentially connected to voiceover, that's the place to be, vocation voiceover. Okay, I'm going to be joined by my good friend Karen Guilfrey in a few seconds, and we're going to be talking about an experiment that Karen and I organized recently, and it's to do with casting a project for Vocation Cancun. And I'm going to let Karen explain in like one second, but we wanted to use this as an opportunity to learn about the online casting process. And so this is why it's a long one. We learned a lot. And I think hopefully you're going to get a lot out of this because I know I did seeing it from the other side. So yeah, hopefully you get a lot out of this and we'll see you in Cancun in February. We have more of these episodes coming out, so stay listening. I hope you have a great day. Enjoy whatever it is that you're doing if you're, you know, doing the washing up or driving or taking the kids to school or something. So say hi to the kids. Hi, kids. (laughs) Yeah, that's it for me. I'm waffling. Let's get straight into it now. I never know how to start these things. I'm just like, oh, we're chatting and then we're in podcast mode all of a sudden. 
here we are in the podcast. That's how you start it. Okay. Well, bring the energy. <laughs> bring more energy to this. Well, I'm here with my good friend, Karen Gilfrey, and we conducted uh, a pretty interesting experiment, didn't we? And um, We really did. Why don't you tell the listeners what this experiment was? Great. So we decided that we would really like to have a Vocation Cancun promo. And Jamie and I, we've always recorded our own promos and they've been on on various podcasts and websites and and you know other places. But we thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool to hire someone to do the promo for us instead of just doing it ourselves? And then when we thought of hiring someone, we thought, well, how are we going to hire them? We could just put out a casting to, you know, the Facebook group or something. But wouldn't it be interesting to post that actual job that we actually need someone for to all of the different online casting sites that voice actors regularly use and to kind of note our observations and figure out what it's like on the client side to post a job? Yeah. And it was extremely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> extremely yeah. interesting. Um, we posted just just so that you know, the jo- the places we posted the job to were uh, Voice123, Voices.com, Backstage, Cast Voices, Bidalgo, VO Planet, Fiverr, and Upwork. We also um, sent out the audition script with a link to upload your audition to a Dropbox folder to our vocation uh, mailing list so that anyone who, you know, what isn't on an online casting site would still have the opportunity to audition. And we wanted to see what it was like from that perspective as well, because that that happens often where, you know, your agent or casting director will send you um, a Dropbox link, you upload your file to Dropbox. And so we wanted that experience as well. Yeah. And to reiterate, this was a real job. We're paying people for the, paying the winner a fair, fair rate for this project. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't waste hundreds of people's time. No, no, no. This was a real job. The fee, if you saw it out in the wild, was $300 um, just for, you know, promo. It's only going to be around as long as Vocation Cancun is around. So just a few weeks until February. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just on our social media, on our website, and and uh, maybe in some kind of podcast commercial for our own podcast. Yeah, yeah. for our own fun. <laughs> for any podcast who wants it, let us know. We'll figure it out. If it's anything that's like, you know, This American Life, we'll probably pay the winner more because that's a lot of exposure and not what we said. But, you know, that's, that's, what, it, that's what it was for. Yeah. And we got, I think, around close to a thousand submissions. I know. I said, uh, someone asked me online the other day and I think I was sort of totted it up in my brain and I thought about 600, something like that. But yeah, when you add in everything together, you're right, about a thousand submissions that we had to go through. Because I didn't realize it was that many until I realized that there were 437 submissions just on backstage. Yeah. And that was by far the the most submissions of any of yes the by far yeah. and and in fact on some of the sites i capped it um when we posted the job at 50 or 100 submissions mm. but you know we posted to a lot of places and a lot of people uh wrote back to us and so that that was you know it was unexpected certainly and really kind of wonderful because i think we got 
And and Jamie and I, I mean, I really did listen to, I think, all of these auditions. If there are any that came through that I didn't listen to, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought I did. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it was track. a lot. It was a it's a lot. But I wanted I wanted to be sure that uh, whoever auditioned for this job knew that that one of us was was hearing you. Yeah. So we did. And we we will dive into the specific nuts and bolts of it shortly. But in terms of listening to the whole audition, that was usually a sort of second phase of, for me at least, once I'd sort of got through listening to everyone, at least partially, the ones that I thought were maybes made a second list and those got listened to in their entirety. And things got ruled out for a variety of reasons out of the first run for me for more technical reasons more than anything else. Like it wasn't a custom audition. There was like a bunch of noise before the person even started speaking or, you know, a few, you know, it was really, really quiet or distorted or overly noise re- reduced. And so things like that. And it was almost nothing to do with the performance, which is on its own right, an interesting takeaway because when you have mm-hmm. a thousand auditions, your instinct when you've got to review all of them is how many of these can I get rid of? <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's at least my brain. I'm like, it's not, I'm listening for gold. I'm listening for reasons to remove you as an option because otherwise it's over- overwhelming. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's, it's not um, who's the best at first. It's who can I weed out? Yeah. Yeah, so Jamie and I settled on our top 10 and then we let our community vote on who should be the winner of this job. Um, we sent out an email to our email list and we sent out, uh, we posted it to our vocation Facebook group. And of those top 10, the winner was Morgan Meadows. (laughs) (laughs) And if you go to the, yeah, she was fantastic. And if you go to the vocation conference website, vocationconference.com, you can hear Morgan Meadows winning read out of 1000 auditions approximately she was the winner. Yeah, and we'll play this at the end of. Uh, yeah, we'll play it at the end as well. Yes, yes, she's she's fantastic. So, Jamie, what were your overall takeaways from this whole thing? Well, to me, there was takeaways in a whole bunch of categories. So there was takeaways from how we, as people looking for talent, interacted with the sites what I took from the vast majority of submissions um, and my approach now to auditions based on going through this process was a very interesting takeaway for me. From the sites, how they operate, I was definitely drawn to some over others. And I think that's just personal preference a lot of the time, because I think most of them have figured out a client-friendly way of working. There were definitely some that had quirks that frustrated me on the <laughs> um, casting sites. On the, yeah. on the casting sites, that from the casting processes in reviewing all the submissions, one of the big ones was that after about like ten or fifteen, I kind of knew what I wanted to listen, wanted to hear. I was weeding people out immediately. I was just like, yep, yeah, no, yep, no, yep, no, like going down the line, particularly knowing how many we had to get through. So I think I posted this in the group that if you have a really lazy slate or you do a slate like we don't i don't want to hear a slate i know what yeah. sound of fury don't want slates that will r- take you out of the running for me immediately you have to hit the ground running you have to be really hitting that 
within the first 10 or 15 words. And if you're not, I'm moving on. And it sounds super harsh, but I'm not a casting director. I'm not a professional doing this. And I'm a talent, so I've got every sympathy for talent, but I was just like, nah, nah, yes, yes, no. I could, it was just so quick. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this as a talent, and you probably are listening to, you know, considering our listenership, get that first three to five seconds, those first 10 words right and get into it. No space up front, no slate, no warming up <laughs> to get into the read. Just hit it straight away. That would be yeah. a big takeaway. I completely agree. I mean, and the thing about these online casting sites is most of them have a very straightforward, user-friendly way of going down the list of auditions and clicking on audition after audition after audition. So what happens is you listen to like five in a row and you get, hear that? That's the sound of sunshine. Hear that? That's the sound of sunshine. Hear that? That's the sound of sunshine. Jane Doe, <laughs> hear that? That's the sound of su and Next. already, yeah, already I can't listen to it because it's taken me completely out of the flow that I was in, in an in not a good way because there's two seconds before the slate, then comes the slate, then there's two seconds after the slate, and then they go into the read. And it, they've already wasted with just the slate six seconds uh, out of my flow. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, and it, and it's you get it's a bit like driving when you get sort of irrationally annoyed by by someone just waiting two seconds. Two seconds yeah. feels like nothing, but when you're listening to a thousand auditions, it feels like an eternity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like already annoyed with that person without ever meeting them or knowing anything about them, which is completely unfair to them. Yeah. And probably, you know, they've been taught by their teachers and coaches, you know, slate in the feel of the piece. So the beginning of this is very like, it could have been, I mean, that was one interpretation. Hear that? That's the sound of sunshine, ocean breezes. So they're going, Karen Gilfrey. And it's like, and it's just. Yeah. It's just like too much. It's too much time. What are your thoughts on non-verbal vocalization things like sighs or other things like that? Because we had quite a few people go, ah, hear that. Like, yeah, it wasn't in the script. What did, What do you think about that? I didn't really care either way. It wasn't something that made me go, "Ooh, I'm going to listen to that person." Yeah, and it wasn't something that made me go, "Oh my god." can't believe I, they put a sigh in there when I didn't write that. Yeah. Like it, it, it really made zero difference to me. Um, yeah, I didn't really care. I mean, the, the thing that did bother me though, was we said that it was a 60. It was it very clearly said it's a one minute promo. And if you took three extra seconds for a sigh that then made it longer than 60 seconds, I can't use your audition in the final thing, which yeah. is what we ended up doing with Morgan's. She didn't do an extra session. We used her audition for the promo. Yeah. And so, you know, if your audition read, if it says 30 seconds or if it says 60 seconds and your meet or your read is a minute and a half long, like you're not understanding what's being asked of you, first of all. And second, I can't use it. If I just wanted to take your audition and put it into the final product and you don't have to do another session, I can't do that because I need it to be a 60. Yeah. And Actual, in actual fact, the sigh was quite a common thing. We probably had at least, what, 100? 
hundred sides. Oh, I would say more than that. Yeah. So, so it's not even that interesting when you're listening to it to hear a sigh. It's just, it's just stopping me getting to your read. It's slowing me down getting to your read. So, for me, I was a little more irritated by it because I'm like, yeah, yeah. I get it. You, you're creative. Let's get on with the read. <laughs> like, we just want to hear. Like, do the sigh if it gets you in the in the mode, but then just chop it and submit yeah. without the sigh. It sounds really harsh, like I'm being, you know, but I'm uh, when you're in that mode of just you've got a thousand minute long things to listen to, you just want to, everything bugs you if it's not yeah. like right there and then, you know. Well, and and to be clear, I did not, I did not uh, listen to one thousand full auditions. No, no, no. I listened to the beginning of each one on every site. And when I liked people, I listened to their full read. I made a mental note of who I liked. I wrote down their name and Jamie and I came together and decided on our top 10 that that we kind of agreed on. And I should throw out there that Morgan started with a sigh. <laughs> so oh, he did? Been, yeah. And I took it out for the, for the final. Thing. But so it's not like a, you know, ending. Yeah, it's not potential. make or break. No. But I don't think it really sets anyone apart that much no. either. You know? I'm, and the other thing I was going to ask you, which which did strike me when I was listening to these is a bit of advice you hear a lot. And I think I've even given this advice in the past is do something to stand out. You know, they're listening to a thousand and do something a bit different. I was not listening for something to jump out to me. I was listening for an authentic connection to the copy. Yeah. That's what I was listening for. I wasn't listening to be like shocked <laughs> right or surprised by something i know what i want yeah or at least i'm open-minded to know when i hear it like wow that's great and in fact we did have some people who did really off the wall things and it did stand out to us we shared those auditions with each other <laughs> you know and yeah. it didn't stand out in a good way yeah you know no i agree <laughs> like there were some very I wish I wish we could play them for you, podcast listeners, because it would be great. But we won't because we did not get per permission to include anyone's yeah. auditions on this podcast. And but but um, standing out is not always a good thing. Sometimes people do something weird, and it ends up being comical rather than getting you noticed for good reasons, yeah. like comical in a bad way. And I'm sure there are gigs that are that are waiting for someone to just blow their head off and do something yeah. wacky those gigs exist but they're the exception not the rule i think yeah. the majority of the time people casting are looking for something authentic and real and that doesn't mean play down or like subtle or anything it's just authentically reacting to whatever it is mm -hmm. so it could be you're really excited and enthusiastic about something and it comes across authentically enthusiastic yeah so many of these reads to me sounded like people were reading they, mm -hmm. they weren't even comprehending the words like it was so obvious to me it was just they were focused on the sound of their voice not messing up the words but there was no comprehension of what they were saying yeah. And I was a little frustrated by that at times. I'm like, guys, take an extra minute to read the script and know what it is you're talking about and just read it like you understand what the words mean. Yeah. <laughs> that was always much more attractive to me. Whatever the quality of the voice, even the recording, if the person 
genuinely understood what they were saying and felt some percentage of emotion that was appropriate, um, that jumped out to me. That was what jumped out, not something wacky. The other thing that immediately disqualified people for me was bad sound quality. Yeah. 100% immediately in the trash bin. If your audition starts and I can hear in the background, (laughs) no, we can't use you. I'm sorry. And I think people don't realize what kind of sound quality they're up against. Yeah. And they think like, oh, well, I'll just record this, you know, especially on a site like backstage, for example, where it's it's mostly on camera actor focused. So you don't have it's not all professional voice actors. It's people who sometimes do a little bit of voiceover and they primarily want to be on camera and stage actors. And so they don't realize what they're up against and what the professional voiceover, you know, what a professional voiceover edition sounds like. So we did get a lot of uh, bad sound quality auditions. I will say, though, that the sites that are voiceover specific, the overall quality of auditions was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think that it is better now than it would have been in if we had done this in 2019, 2018, 2017, pre-pandemic. Because I think so many more people have very good home studios now. But, you know, I had people reach out to me privately via email saying like, hey, um, I auditioned for you on, you know, whatever casting site. And I just want you to know that I'm actually traveling right now. So I'm not in my booth. And um, so the sound quality isn't great. Uh, but uh, I, ha- I do have a booth at home. And immediately when you have a thousand auditions to listen to, it's like, I'm the, like, great, awesome thank you so much for letting me know, but I'm not going to use you because we're really looking, we're really looking for something that's pretty polished and ready to go. We could have had somebody re-record, but we were auditioning the read that we wanted. So yeah, you know, the the truth of the matter is out of those thousand, I mean, three, four, five hundred of the submissions we got probably could have done the job perfectly well. And we would have been happy with the results. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you're really starting to nitpick <laughs> when you mm-hmm. get to the maybe pile. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the first round, yeah, I mean, if you're even, you know, the thing is the bar for audio quality is actually quite low. From, for me, I'm a nerd, but my quality, the bar for quality control is fairly low because I know there's a certain amount that you can do in post. If you're close enough to the mic, if you don't have a great setup or you're in an open space, sit on your bed and throw the duvet over your head and just have that dead sound. And it's probably within the ballpark of workable. If you have an amazing, a really connected performance and you have a really nice sounding voice that really sort of fits with the vibe, I would definitely figure out how to work with that. But there are people that it sounded like they were recording on the other side of the room or, you know, in a bar. Or like they're literally in their kitchen right (laughs) next to their refrigerator. Yeah, I know. Of course we're not going to hire you. We've got 300 bucks. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to hire a studio for a $300 project for a a promo for a conference that you and I run. You know, we're not Nike. So, you know, um, our conference, our conference is not meant to make us millionaires. (laughs) It's meant to impart good information to the voiceover community. That is the goal. 
So yeah. whatever you need to do, even if it feels janky, just to just to basically deaden your sound, and then you know, even with the USB mic, you know, a Yeti is possible. Like gen- yeah. genuinely, like you can make a Yeti sound decent. You know, just just be a bit creative with how you record your voice, and knowing knowing that that might well be the thing that goes on air in air quotes. Did you listen to any second takes? Uh, I I listened all the way. You know, the ones I really liked, who made my like shorter list <laughs> after the maybe list. Um, I would listen all the way through, and then if there was a second take, and this was probably about a hundred people, um, I would give that a listen to. Um, but I I'd already made my mind up. Like them doing something different didn't change my mind. Um, but there weren't many second takes, as far as I. No, I wrote on all of the posts, um, one take is fine, two if you want to. Yeah. But I think when you give someone permission to just do one, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, and actually Sound and Fury is very good at that. They, they write at the top of all of their, um, all of their job uh, descriptions, one take of each script. Or like one take only is fine if it's a long script. And I appreciate that so much because when you're doing a lot of auditions in a day, it's really nice to only have to do one and to just give it your best and send it off. Because they know, they know, I mean, they're casting people. They know they're not, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they know, they know that you as a voice actor should be able to give a different read. Yeah. (laughs) That's part of your job, you know. But yeah, I, I thought there was... There's so much advice that I've given in the past that, I mean, it didn't change, you know, I I was kind of in the ballpark, but there are a lot of things that I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter quite so much. Don't try and stand out. Don't try and dazzle them with two takes and do one totally different to the other. Like they, you really just need to try and get in that pocket of reading it authentically. And yeah, exactly. It's not, that's not to say don't stand out. But stand out because you're connected and genuinely good. Yeah, for the right reason. Don't do a shtick. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely still stand out. But because you're so connected and so yourself that that makes you stand out. Yeah. Not not because you like went, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> hear that? <laughs> that's the sound. You know, it's like, no, mm, that's yeah. that's going to make you stand out in a, in a not good way. <laughs> oh, coming back to the the sound quality thing real quick. Yeah. A get out of jail free card that people use a lot is noise reduction. And mm-hmm. if you go nuts with it, it literally sounds like you've got like a whole sponge in your mouth or something. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds dreadful. I would prefer to hear a bit of roominess or a bit of, you know, room tone rather than this kind of like really soft voice that like this is yeah. like, you know it sounds off i hate it because it yeah you're all these lovely sparkly reads and then you hear this muffled crappy recording and it's just immediate turn off to me it's it, you just sound so cheap you know yeah. for one of a better word <laughs> the thing that also i really disliked was when i could tell that people were using breath removal yeah, uh, as a, like a plug-in, not not going through and cutting out breaths, and also, it should be known that in commercials in general, you almost never hear breaths in professionally produced commercials. No. I I cannot think of one that I've ever heard where I heard audible breaths in a commercial. So, and commercials are typically like pretty short, so you can do 
you know, you can take a really good breath at the beginning and talk and talk and talk and just let it come out naturally. And then when you need to take a breath, take a breath and taking a nice, normal, deep breath that you can cut out later is much better to me than going, you know, room service, food, hotel, all included. And you have those tiny little breaths that you have to cut out each one or use noise reduction or some kind of de-breath to take them out. And then what we get is like this weird silence, like a little bit of silence in between each thing. And it's like, it just doesn't sound natural at all. So I would say, you know, for me, to my ear, I, I didn't like when people did, did that when I could audibly tell that there was something weird going on with the breath. Yeah. And less is more in commercials. What are your thoughts on lists? Because lists are quite difficult to get right, um, mm-hmm. especially in this kind of thing where it's a it's a conversational kind of a script and you're trying to say a list in a natural way. Mm-hmm. I think the people that got the lists right had a good advantage because learning how to say lists naturally, I know that sounds obvious, we talk every day and we list things, but for some reason, reading a list is kind of a challenge, right? That's something yeah. to work on. There's a special cadence that happens when we say a list, mm. right? And it's and it's usually the second to last and last words that are the most important that let you know that this is the second to last and the last thing on the list. So if I say, I'm going to the store to buy milk, eggs, bread, and butter, right? And you have that upward inflection on bread and butter. Yeah. You know, and butter goes down. So, you know, that's the end of the list. And I can even, I can make any other word in there sound pretty much any way. I can say, I'm going to the store to get bread, eggs, milk, bread, and butter, right? (laughs) As long as you know that that's the end. I know I said bread twice. (laughs) I I forgot the list that I said before. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you, you can say anything else in the list like almost anything you want. But when you get to the second to last and last one, usually to denote the end of the list in English, we do a, you know, uh and uh. Yeah. And and that's kind of a performancey thing. And this is where people get hung up on the quote unquote conversational read. It isn't the way you would list something to your significant other when you were like saying, oh, you need to get this, you need to get that, you need to get that. There's no performance element to that. It's not straight up conversational. Right. When you're delivering something, particularly in a commercial, you've got to have a sort of a performance element to it. And that little little lift at the end of that list is just a signif- signifier that we've reached the end of the list and then we're moving on to the next section. Yeah. Which you're not worrying about in day-to-day Although, con- I mean, conversation. I feel like I feel like when I say when I say to you naturally, Jamie, we posted jobs on Voice123, Voices, Backstage, Cast Voices, Bidalgo, Via Planet, Fiverr, and Upwork. Mm. Like I do have that bada da da da. Yeah. So that you know that that's the end of the list. Yeah. It's just a sounded, slightly. I hope that sounded natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did it. You did it. Um, yeah, it's just an elevated version of reality, isn't it? I yeah, that's, that's slightly elevated. It just has to. Otherwise, it would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a few people also add their own music and sound effects, <laughs> which I hated. <laughs> I don't know about you. What did you think? Did it bother you? I mean, it. it some people added music and sound effects that were not quite right. And then it distracted me from it. 
Well, it made but, the first thing I thought was, oh, well, there's music here. I don't. I want. I'm listening for the voice. Yeah. I might love the music. I might hate the music. It's a risk. It's an unnecessary risk. You know, for me, I know that it's going to eventually have music on it. I'm not listening out. It's not making it sound better. Yeah. It's distracting and annoying me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just me. But um, so there's absolute. It's not bringing anything other than a potential banana skin. I think. Yeah. Um, so for the TLDR version of this, what were your overall takeaways? I think for me it was be good in the first few seconds. Don't make us wait. Have good sound quality. Be authentically connected to the script and be yourself. The yeah. people who were themselves, I love their auditions a lot more than the people who are trying to put on some kind of weird voice. Yeah, I would say those are exactly my takeaways too. <laughs> I can't yeah. add anything to that. Um, the connected reads were immediately maybes and almost always made it through to my final list. And you have to trust being yourself in as many auditions as you can. And, you know, we had this discussion with um, Tina Marasco on the podcast. And if your interpretation of excitable or cool and sexy or whatever it is, is authentic, it's going to come across more authentically and more effectively it's not necessarily you're always defaulting back to the standard you it's mm -hmm. you in whatever scenario it is so you just mm -hmm. have to use your imagination to put yourself in a place where you're enthusiastic about going to the beach you know mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing and maybe you don't like the beach maybe you prefer bowling <laughs> i don't know you just imagine it's bowling rather than the beach yeah. um so that is I was just hunting for that at all times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Things, other things like sound quality and, and other random things that people did to try and stand out would be things that would discount them. But the things that would excite me is when someone really, like you say, connected to the script. So that was, that was the thing that I was just like craving, <laughs> you know, when I was listening to these. For sure. Should we get into the specific sites? Yes, let's go. Yes. Let's go and do let's that. Let's do it. Great. All right. First up is the one that I think all of us are most curious about, and that is Fiverr. Fiverr. <laughs> you going to say that? <laughs> yeah. Like, how, okay. So everyone's really afraid of Fiverr and um, what it's doing to the marketplace, and I have to say, I was uh, surprised in a lot of ways when we posted the audition on Fiverr. So. First of all, Fiverr is not really a place where you post auditions. That's not how they want the marketplace to be set up. What they really want is for you to go on there, see the different profiles of people who all have Fiverr profiles on there, listen to their demos, and just choose somebody. That's what they really want. And that's how the site is set up. You can type in, you know, I'm looking for like a female, you know, in this age range, whatever, and a bunch of profiles pop up. The profiles that pop up are mostly like the Fiverr preferred sellers, yeah, people with a lot of ratings. So if you're just starting out, that's uh, you're not going to be one of those people necessarily because that those aren't the profiles that are popping up. And, and those are likely the people, the people who pop up on Fiverr are likely the people that are making a good living. And those people, I listen to a lot of demos on there. They are great. Like yeah. really just great. They sound like any professional voice actor that you would find on any professional voiceover site. What was interesting about posting this job to Fiverr was that 
You did have to enter in a lot of information, like about what the intended usage was uh, and what what you were, you know, uh, how long the turnaround time was, et cetera, et cetera. And with everything that I entered, they gave me a suggested rate for the job. And the suggested rate for the job was $50 to $160 based on what I entered. And I think I said on that site that it was going to be an online video because we weren't quite, I mean, it's it's a promo, right? So it's not like we're using it in paid advertising, but it was, it is going to be online on our website. And I tried to make that clear in the job description and we might use it on a podcast too, but it's very limited usage. It's not. It's not like I'm, you know, we're not sending it out and playing it on Hulu or something. No. Um, <laughs> so to me, it's a job that I would be okay with $300 for. Mm-hmm. And they they suggested $50 to $160. People did submit. We And and it was actually really hard to find where to post a job. Too. Yeah. It was not very intuitive. So when I did finally find it and posted the job, that's what it said. The submissions were not bad. No, that's what I thought. Yeah. They were not bad. I thought that Fiverr submissions would be people with USB mics in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. And there was some of that, but a lot of it was very professional. Um, a lot of it was people just giving me their demos and not a custom audition, which fine. I'm sure that works for some people. A lot of people messaged us directly on Fiverr like, hey, you know, thanks so much for I saw your job posting today. You know, I'd love to work with you. Um, and, and a couple people actually wrote things like, hey, I'd love to work with you and I can do it for just $50, which would save you a ton on your budget. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't care. We set aside $300. We're going to pay someone $300. Yeah. That cost savings was not important to me, but I'm also a voice talent. So, yeah, so that's Fiverr. I think the people that are on Fiverr, there is the expectation that they're going to be recording the gig themselves on their own equipment at home. So they have to be competitive. They have to yeah. have a studio that sounds decent. You know, even spending, you know, under a thousand dollars on equipment that's going to make it sound decent enough. Again, yeah. clearing that threshold. Yeah. Um, so that's not actually super surprising to me that the yeah. quality received wasn't too bad. Yeah. Upwork was interesting. Mm. I was able to post a custom audition. Upwork also works kind of the same way where they would rather have you just find someone's profile and hire them directly. And you can put in search terms and you find people's profiles on Upwork. When the auditions were sent to us, there was not an easy way to listen down to all of them in a row. Mm. The only thing that we could do was um, you. I could listen to people's demos that they had on their profile in a row, but not the custom audition. If they recorded a custom audition, I had to open up their proposal, look at the letter that they sent, download an MP3 of their audition, and then listen to it on my own computer. Which to me says that if you are if you are using Upwork for voiceover, there's a good chance that your audition could be stolen. Because literally when I click on the, the link, it downloads your audition to my computer. Yeah. How many did we have on Upwork? We only had 27. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a lot. No. It was not a lot. Fiverr, I think we had around 50. Um, Upwork, we had 27. That's pr- I'm pretty much done with Upwork. That, that's all I had to say about Upwork. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> because I would like to move to Backstage. Okay. <laughs> which... 
Backstage was very interesting. Backstage, I think, was the most interesting of all the ones that I posted to. Yeah. And there were some some good things and there were some not so good things. Some things that I found really interesting was when I posted this audition, I had to do a background check in order to get the in order to get the job posted on the site. Mm. And that included it was a third party background check thing, which made me go like, oh, my God, like, is this somebody trying to fish for whatever? But it says very clearly on the backstage site that you have to go through a background check. And I've actually gone through a background check with that third party company before. So I felt better about it. I think it was for like TSA pre-check or something. But anyway, I had to uh, take a picture of my driver's license. I had to upload my social security number. I had to enter in my social security number and I had to include my address. (laughs) So, but then I passed the background check if any of you are wondering (laughs) in case you were worried. Um, But then I also, we also had to pay to post the casting. Yeah. It cost $35, I think. And if you wanted to boost it, it was like $10 more. They, when I had the casting in my cart to check out, they like served me a a discount, (laughs) which then brought the casting amount to $9 or something. So it ended up, it cost us like $15 or something because we boosted it and, and we had the promo code. Um, but that was interesting. And the reason why I think they do that is because backstage does, like we said before, mostly on camera, theater, photography, things where people have to go in person to a place with a random stranger who has cast them for a random project and independent projects that are not associated with any studio or anything like that. So it's a way for them to be sure that you don't have like a bunch of criminals you know having people come to their homes for a shoot about you know anything it's just it's just a way to be sure that people are safe yeah and interestingly with backstage a little while ago they set up specifically voiceover profiles but they still even though you're casting a voiceover only project you still have to go through that verification process which you know i i guess it's probably that would potentially be a route around if you were like a sneaky, creepy guy, <laughs> you could navigate via the voiceover route. So I guess it makes sense why you would still have to do that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they are, they've they been around since the 60s. They, they're they the oldest casting company by far in this list. They've been doing this an awfully long time. But as was clear with the submissions, as we've already mentioned, very much on camera focused, mm-hmm. um, which does somewhat explain why they acquired voice one, two, three, <laughs> because that yeah. was something that happened, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. I, I wonder if the game show scam audition <laughs> has appeared on backstage. I would think that having to pay for the casting and having a background check would it would Probably deter. Not. Yeah. At least. But I also think that on backstage, that is the greenest voice actors yeah. are on that site. And so that would be people who are more susceptible to that kind of scam, I would think. Yeah. They don't know about it because they're not part of the community. So I wonder if the person or persons who are running that scam have posted it to Backstage and if Backstage is aware of it and if that's a deterrent at all. 
Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. And yeah. just to reiterate, we had 400 and was it 37, something like yeah. that, submissions on Backstage. By far the most submissions. And by far the most that I eliminated for technical reasons. Yes. <laughs> Rather than performance reasons. Yes. Um, for everything that we just explained, most people on camera, they're not voiceover professionals with the home studio and blah, blah, blah. But it, it was frustrating because there were definitely people who could have done a great job had they, like I said, just like covered themselves with the duvet and mm-hmm. done like the hotel trick that we all do, mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. you know, traveling around. Yeah. So that was interesting. All right. Who's yeah, next? That was interesting. All right. Well, let's move on to cast voices. Okay. <clears throat> I loved cast voices. I loved the website. It was very, it's, it's a beautiful site. It's put together very well. My audition posting went up almost immediately. Um, I created a profile for us and and it was great. And the auditions that we got there were all very good quality. Yeah. Great voice actors, awesome people. We got, uh, I asked for 100 auditions. Now here's the weird part. (laughs) (laughs) I asked for 100 auditions. The job posted at 12... 19 p.m. Pacific time, and it was full by 12.39 Pacific time. So in 20 minutes, we filled up with 100 auditions. And I, you know, I listened to all of them. And I think out of 100 auditions, only three people submitted their demos and not a custom read. So people literally saw this audition. They got in their booth or they were in their booth already. They recorded it and they sent it back immediately. There were people, and I know this This was the interesting thing about posting the job, but then also being on Facebook and all of these forums with a bunch of voice actors and people talking in our group and in other groups. The job was posted to cast voices and people literally like would open it on their phone, go upstairs to record the audition, record the audition completely, listen back through the audition, decide that it's good enough to send, try to upload it, and the audition was closed. Yeah, And so then, unfortunately, and even though this is against the terms of service for cast voices, I had a bunch of people reach out to me personally mm-hmm. and say, hey, I really wanted to audition for this job. You know, I didn't I didn't get my audition in in time. And so I here it is in an email, which didn't bother me so much, you know, and, and we voice actors, we know each other and like, it's, it's fine. Like it, I actually, it was kind of fun to hear. There are a lot of people who, instead of slating, they said, hi, Karen and Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and that always made me laugh a little bit. That like took me out of it in in a nice way. Yeah. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so I had a lot of people reach out to me from cast voices after the job was closed. And while that's not a problem for me, I can see how that might be a problem for another person casting. Yeah. And I I wonder if that would have happened had it been just a non-voiceover person in the community. Yeah. I mean, Tim Friedlander has written a lot on Facebook about how he's posted jobs on Cast Voices and people have also reached out to him. And part of it is because there are just a lot of really talented voice actors on cast voices. Mm-hmm. Many people, that's the only online casting site they're on. And so when an audition comes in 
everyone submits for it. And also they send auditions to everyone all at once, as long as you fit the specs of the audition. Yeah. Um, so a ton of people are getting the audition all at once. And so that means it fills up very quickly. So that was the one downside, but the site is great. And, and I really, and I liked it. And a bit of sort of backstory on cast voices. It's quite new. It's very new. In fact, how, I don't know how old it is, maybe a year, probably two years, I think. maybe two. Yeah. Um, so the people that know about it are the people that, within the industry. So yeah. that's why the quality is super high. It's not hugely well-known outside of our voiceover community. So yeah, very competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, great. Bidalgo. Uh, all right, let's do Bidalgo. Bidalgo. Bidalgo was great, very straightforward, easy to use. Um, I got to, I made a little profile for us on there as well with a picture, a company logo on it. Um, it was, we got a lot of really high quality auditions on there. Yeah, it was just very good. My one, my one thing that I wish would have been possible is that I was only, and I talked to Armin about this already, um, but you could only choose English American or neutral English or British English. I couldn't choose just English without any accent preference. Yeah. Which was a little bit frustrating because we were not only hearing American accents, we would have taken anyone from anywhere. And Armin said that in order that Bidalgo considers Eng British English and American English two separate languages. And so you can only choose one at a time. And if I had wanted to post a British casting, I would have had to put make a separate casting for that. And so that was a little bit frustrating because we really did want to hear everyone. And a lot of people who have uh, British accents were not able to audition for the job on Bidalgo because we only posted the American accent. Yeah. So we got probably they were the second in terms of how many submissions we received. Bidalgo, we probably got um, nowhere close to backstage, but we got a lot of submissions on Bidalgo. Mm -hmm. We also got an email for every single submission, which was a little overwhelming if we'd have been casting a proper job and we weren't used to that. So that's not something that you or I as talent really would ever be concerned about. But from a casting perspective, I can imagine that that would could potentially you know flood their inbox. I did talk to Armin about that as well. Yeah. And he said that there is a way for us to turn it off and that in each of those emails, it said there is an email preference button that we could have pressed to turn them off. But I didn't see that right. in a very like, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure it's there. I'm, I'm absolutely sure it exists. But the fact that the default is you get an email every single time unless you opt out of it was a little frustrating and I just didn't look at that yeah. well enough to turn it off. Also, and I may just not have been able to find it, but I couldn't download the MP3s. And there are I think that's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, as if I was like going somewhere where there wasn't great internet or taking a flight or had to be on a hotspot or something and I wanted to review things, I'd want to download. Now, I understand from a protection standpoint that then I could have theoretically stolen it and used it without paying. But I still could have taken that audio and stolen it by just getting it another way um, if I was nefarious. But that was that was surprising that I couldn't do it. And I know we're not reviewing it from a casting perspective, but that to me was um, 
I wanted to put it in in context to see what it sounded like with some music and stuff like that, and um, I couldn't do that. And I wanted to send you something. I wanted yeah. to send you something. Oh, check this out! Like check this guy out, rather than having you go through and finding the name and. But yeah, I mean, on the whole, it was a very slick site, and uh, all the MP3s. Like sometimes, just how quick the MP3s load is mm -hmm. really important. If it's like yeah. lagging and mm -hmm. slow, that's oh, it. Really does add to your time. Yeah, it, it, you know, it was all hosted on a really quick server, and you know, yeah, it was, was really fast. Um, well, there was one other thing I wanted to say about Bedago. Oh, people always think. Um, that, uh, oh, well, you should uh, wait to send your audition on Bidalgo because the way that they're ordered is by newest first. Uh, as a casting person, I did not find that to make any difference at all. I listened to, as soon as I saw that there were auditions that came in, I started listening to them. And then when there were new ones that came in, I listened to the new ones that came in. And then when there were more new ones that came in, I listened to more new ones that came in. So it wasn't like I waited for all the auditions to come in and then I listened to them all down in a row. It As they were coming in, I was listening to them. So the people who submitted first were still the ones that got my freshest ears. And when you were reviewing them, there's a button where you can select it as like a finalist. I can't remember the term. Yeah, finalist and you can, yeah. yeah. And that puts it in a second list. So mm -hmm. as they come in, I would weed out the ones I didn't like and the ones I really liked. And I just clicked to add it to the to the shortlist. Short list. Um, and so the shortlist gets reviewed later in the second phase for me. Mm -hmm. So the order didn't make any difference to me. I yeah, don't. same. Uh, let's move on to VO Planet. Okay. I liked VO Planet a lot. Yep. Uh, very straightforward site. We also had the email thing where VO Planet was sending emails for every time that someone uploaded uh, an audition, which was a little bit annoying and overwhelming. There may have been an opt out of the email thing that I didn't see right in front of me but that was a very good site too and all of the and the audition quality was very good on VO Planet as well yeah. so and, and I liked it very voices. straightforward yeah similar to cast voices I would I would say VO Planet and Bidalgo as far as the way that the site works it was very similar mm. um, on VO Planet I was able to choose more than one kind of English or just say English without any accent. So that was nice because we, we got uh, different accents in our audition. Um, and yeah, VO Planet was great. VO Planet actually just as a talent, they do send me a lot of castings recently. Um, more than they more than they have in the past. So that's a, oh. that's a good one to be on. Yeah, that's good. Let's talk about Voices.com. Okay. I, I just loaded that up on my screen because I kind of had a feeling you were going to talk about that. <laughs> so um, Voices was really more surprising to me than almost any other site that we were on. And the reason is that the entire way through the posting, client education was a huge part of posting the job. So I would say we have this job. What is the title of your job? What genre is this job is this job in and then you click and then what is the intended usage what is the time period what is the what is like where's the region that it's going to be used all of these steps along the way to get to a suggested number of what your job should cost and when i entered in every single thing uh that we needed for this job and i included an online video 
So it was like online video, radio, potentially for, you know, six months because it's November now. The conference takes place in February. It gave me a suggested rate of $750 to $1,250, which is awesome. That's a great rate. It's not what we needed. And I took out the online video portion because I think that when you put online video advertising, it makes it like it's an online ad, like a streaming ad, like a paid ad. Um, But the entire way it, it was helping me to learn how the voiceover industry operates when it comes to licensing and paying for a voice. So I thought that was fantastic. Good job to them for doing that. Uh, Now, they did not say really anywhere blatantly that they would be taking 20% of the fee. So that was, I know that from the talent side. Yeah. (laughs) That that happens. Although we did get a bunch of submissions that said that on the proposal. Yes. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, we did. If you opened up the proposal, it said, this is my fee. Voices.com is taking 20% of this fee. Yeah. Just so you know, that that's basically what it said. So we opened up, so we got 78 submissions on Voices.com, all great, high quality auditions, fantastic. It was so easy to use. The site is beautiful. Everything is like really laid out very well. The person's picture is right next to their name and the player is right there and you can shortlist them immediately. And it's just like, you can message them right there. You can hire them right there. It's all great. I did notice though, that every single person, almost every single person has all five-star reviews and the reviews are right next to the person's name. Yeah. And if you, if a person does not have any reviews yet, and it tells you the number of reviews they have as well. If the person does not have any reviews yet, it makes them kind of stand out in a negative way. Mm. Also, if you have 4.9 stars instead of five, when everyone else has five, it makes you go to that person and go, what's wrong with this person? Yeah. (laughs) And then you start to read the reviews and you see a couple of just scathing reviews and you're like, wow, I do not want to work with this person. And they could have, they could have a hundred wonderful reviews, but the two negative reviews stand out or the one negative review or whatever it happens to be stands out in such a big way. And I don't know if there's a way to remove your bad reviews. Yeah. I mean, I've probably spent way too long on one submission that I just was like trying to find the bad review because sometimes you'll get something where it's a dispute over usage or something like that. And it's not necessarily the talent's fault. I right. What I was worried about was this person had bad customer service or they didn't right. deliver what they said they were going to deliver or something. Or they were hard to work with. Yeah, or, they or were... rude or something like that. That that would have been an instant, no thanks. Um, but that was more for my curiosity <laughs> rather than yeah. anything else. Because if I was just a regular client who didn't know much about the industry, that would probably be enough to put them in the no thanks pile. Yeah. Because you'd have to be so spectacularly good for that not to be something to count against you. Mm-hmm. Because we've, as we've said, I mean, most people casting are not going to go to like seven casting sites and right. get a thousand submissions. But, but they do, but they do post to more than one site. Yeah. And you could easily that get happens a, often. 
three or four hundred submissions. So if you've got a hundred people who are great, you're not desperate for a hundred and first. Yeah. But if there's a reason to cut someone, you get rid of them. Yeah. So that was for sure. We also for voices we had and we didn't take them up on it, we had someone from the team reach out to us. About professional services. About professional yeah. services. So Yeah. That. And professional services, for those who don't know, means that Voices.com manages your job for you and they add a fee on top of the fee that they're taking um, from the voice talents fee. Yeah. Um, so, um, but we did not take them up on that. And yeah, I mean, I say use your own discretion and best judgment if you want to work with a site that takes that big a percentage and does not inform the client that they're taking that percentage. But also know that Voices.com the whole way was really trying to get me as the client to bring my rate up to a level that was, you know, professionally acceptable, which I did appreciate. And it's in their interests too, because they're taking right because they're taking a percentage. <laughs> right yeah. now, let's get to voice one two three. Oh, good. That's, I'm happy about this. Voice one two three from the client side was my favorite of all of them. It was very straightforward. It was great to use. Uh, it it. I mean, really, they just did. They they also do some client education, not in the same like hand holding way that Voices.com does, where every single thing that you, every single thing that you click has to, has you know some kind of qualifier with it. Um, but there is some client education there. But the tiered membership system and the audition tier thing meant that we were getting very very top quality auditions from the very beginning. And um, I think we only asked for 50 on Voice123. And within the first... I'm, and also, I gave the Voice123 job uh, a three-day time window, which meant that it got sent out to different tiers. The audition got sent out to different tiers at different points during those three days. I think we had 70. I think we had 70 in the end, which is possibly them sending more than we requested. Yeah, which they do. They do send more than we requested. And we did listen to all of them. Yeah. Um, but Voice123 from the client side was absolutely great because the first, you know, 20 auditions we got were super professional, awesome voice actors that I absolutely loved. We could have used any of those and they would have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, the bad thing about voice one, two, three was as a talent, there were people in our group saying, I don't see the audition. I haven't gotten the audition yet. I haven't gotten the audition yet. And it was hours and hours and hours and hours after I'd posted it, days after I'd posted it. I don't see the audition yet. I don't see the audition yet. Oh, I finally got it today and it's full. Yeah. Because it had already been up for two and a half days, which, you know, fine. But as a client, when I'm listening through the auditions, I've already decided who I want in the first couple days. Yeah. It was Most clear likely. from us, from our side, when batches would go out and auditions would come in, they'd sort of come in in chunks. And looking at the, um, I forget what they call it, but when, when you can go, actually you as a talent can see this, when you see a job, you can see what 
batch you were in when you received the job and what has happened before you received it. And um, the way they choose who to apply for the job is interesting because they might, they obviously prioritize people with a high ranking and their membership tier. But not everyone with the highest membership tier gets it first. They, a percentage of those and a percentage of those in the top who are ranked highly get it. And even not all of those, because sometimes in the second batch, they might have a few high ranked, high tier people in that second batch that yeah. weren't included in the first batch. Yeah. Um, but also they might have high ranked people in a lower membership in the first batch. So there are times where you could be in the first round and in a lower tier than someone in the second round because yeah. you're ranked higher. So mm -hmm. you to really be successful on the site, you have to marry a high tier with a high ranking. You know, it definitely helps being in a higher membership tier if your ranking is lower because you're definitely jumping above the herd, but you're not going to get the most out of it until you are ranked higher. Right. The sweet spot, of course, is high ranking, high membership tier, but one without the other is you're still in a challenging position. Yeah. One thing I will say is that if I had if I had made the job open time 24 hours, then it would have cycled through all of the tiers much more quickly. Yeah. And people would have gotten the audition. All of the tiers would have gone from top tier to bottom tier within 24 hours. So the top tier would have gotten it in the morning. And then the next one, you know, late morning, the next one afternoon, the next one late afternoon, the next, you know, and, and so forth all the way to the end. And everyone would have gotten it within that 24 hour period. But because I said three days, which we had it, op we had all the other ones open for around that long. So I wanted to keep it consistent. It made it so that for hours and hours and hours, only the top tier was getting the audition. Yeah. So. And it became a trickle very quickly. Like we. Yeah bunch and then it would be like one or two every few hours yeah and then maybe in the evening time there'd be a bit more when people would home from work or something yeah. but um it would definitely that's how it flowed but what what i will say with that is that the quality was very good overall as mm -hmm. you said at the beginning and actually 70 auditions the way they organize it with the player and everything like that and it was very easy to cycle through so if you're not in a rush waiting those two days or the 24 hours however long you determine it as the person casting um it was very easy to go through them and review all 70 even if you'd already kind of find found some good ones and in your mind you were like stacking them up against the first few that you really liked if i was just casting on voice 23 and not using another casting service it would be very simple for me to go through and listen to everyone and judge everyone even though the people who came in first definitely had an advantage. Yeah. One interesting thing that happened after this, and I don't know how, because I asked this person and they didn't respond. Casting networks, which we did not post the job on, contacted me directly to ask me to post the audition on their site. Hmm. This was days after it had already been closed. Someone personally reached out to me from Casting Networks, which is a big casting site, mostly for on-camera people, yeah. reached out to me to ask if I would post on Casting Networks. 
And I wrote back and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, that we've cast the job already. We had already cast Morgan at that point. Um, and I said, how did you find, how did you find um, the audition? And, and this person didn't respond. So I don't know if they saw it on another site or actually they said, we found you online. And I said, great. Can you tell me where specifically online you found us, the job? And they did not respond. So number one, I wish we had posted to casting networks and, and actors access as well, because I think it would have been interesting to see that, but they don't really have a lot of voiceover. No, it would number have been a two, backstage situation. Probably. Yeah. Number two, maybe casting networks is now trying to branch more into voiceover. Mm. And number three, it's kind of interesting that they found it and they reached out to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know from where. Because they have to be a member of at least one place that we posted. There's nothing public. We posted to our mailing list and every other site you have to be. Yeah, on maybe they're on our mailing list. That's the I only way. I don't know. Or they were on or they're on back a member of one of the sites are on backstage. But that was really interesting. And I'm sorry to Casting Networks. I wish that we had posted on there as well, because I think that would have been interesting. Mm. But I thought that I thought that was an interesting little addendum to what happened. And I have no feeling about it either any way at all. Except that I kind of wish we'd done casting networks and actors access as well. Yeah. Sorry, public, that we didn't do that. But <laughs> this episode is already like an hour and a half <laughs> with everything we learned. <laughs> I think that, I mean, we'll talk about takeaways now from the casting side. And one big one for me was that I think if I didn't work in this industry and if I try and imagine myself as a younger man, <laughs> I think I would be more inclined and I think people particularly who are younger and are looking for talent, are more inclined to go the Fiverr Upwork route of typing in the characteristics they're looking for, and then in the moment, listening to reels, listening to examples, and then approaching that person, rather than being bombarded with hundreds of submissions and it taking at least a day or a few hours at least for things to come in. But if I was a production company, a video producer, I was a middle person working with clients and I was creating content, I'd want to go the voice123, the voices.com, that kind of route. Because the more traditional route, I want that mass. I want that creative control over what I'm sending my clients. But so I thought that was interesting if I was, you know, putting myself into those different shoes. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with what you just said. I think if I were a younger person, I would also go on Fiverr or Upwork if I was like just the person in charge. Yeah. And one thing I thought was going to be a takeaway was that because backstage was predominantly um, on camera people, I was like, oh, well, I got a professional booth. I can go in there and kill it. But then we had 450 odd people <laughs> submit on backstage. So it was that, hard to even hear the people who had professional setups because there were so many auditions to weed through. And the, the player even was, was challenging because sometimes it would be a video, sometimes it would be audio. We didn't know what we were going to get. Sometimes it, a lot of reels, a lot of reels came yeah, on. A lot of reels. You know, I'm not, you know, I love backstage. I work with backstage <laughs> producing their podcast. So, um, but I'm, I'm excited about their collaboration with Voice123. So that's, that's, yeah, that's a cool thing. That's great. Thing. It's a good thing. But yeah, it was very eye opening. And we should say that uh, we're going to be announcing shortly uh, a follow up class where if anyone wants to pick our brains, and we can even process. show, I mean, we can show screenshots of what it yeah. looks like to go through these 
online casting sites because we have the profiles set up. So if you're interested in that, come to our class. It'll be donation-based. Yeah, on Zoom. It'll benefit our scholarship fund and all the fun things that Vocation does. Yeah. So. But we'll post details about that soon. So, And uh, we're going to be doing it very soon. So uh, join our Facebook group because that's where we post so much of our stuff, Vocation VoiceOver. Um, yeah, or join our, our mailing list um, for the Vocation Conference. If you're interested in that, you can go. You can join our mailing list from the website, vocationconference.com. Or ask us at Vocation Cancun in February. Yes, come to Vocation Cancun. And you know what, Jamie? I think we actually have a promo to play for people. Oh, <laughs> funny you should say that. About Vocation Cancun. Okay. Morgan, so, take it away. away. <laughs> Hear that? That's the sound of sunshine, ocean breezes, margaritas, and voice actors learning how to run their business? Join us February 9th through 12th for Vocation Cancun, the only voiceover conference completely dedicated to the business of the voiceover business. You'll learn from top VO industry experts about subjects like negotiating great rates, working with agents and casting directors, direct marketing, home studios, business structure, and the business of dubbing, animation, promo, commercials, video games, and more. And the best part? The whole conference takes place at Moon Palace Cancun, a top-rated, all-inclusive resort in paradise. Yes, we said all-inclusive. That means food, drinks, entertainment, room service, nightly networking parties, and so much more. All included. Level up your VO business at Vocation Cancun. For more information and to book your tickets, go to vocationconference.com.